Great to be together. Tom, come here for a moment, brother. So last Sunday, um, one of the coolest things was just seeing so many people from the body of Christ there to share a message. And we've heard so many reports of people in Christ, but, but none of that would have happened without Tom's leadership. So I just want to thank Tom this morning for his, his leadership and helping us. And, you know, our prayer was God's glory and his work. And I know that was Tom's heart. That was everyone's heart. And, and boy, God is at work in our hearts. He's drawing us to himself. And, and one thing I love is every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> and, and it's special to come together once a year to just really celebrate. But, but there's a reason the early Christians started meeting on Sunday instead of Saturday. The resurrection changed everything. And Sunday was the day Jesus rose. So Sunday became the day that his people would gather because Jesus is with us. He's alive. And we want him more than anything else. And so this morning, Jesus is with us. And he's speaking to us. And I'm so, so thankful for that. Well, this morning is special for me because way back when I first started the, the process with um, Rimrock to, to become the next pastor and I was praying and, and uh, what would the Spirit have us uh, study together as a church and uh, from very early on God impressed my heart the book of Romans and uh, some of you uh, who have been part of Rimrock for a long time uh, have told me that <laughs> Romans has a history here <laughs> and uh, several people have said you know Pastor Rob Graham when he came God put Romans on his heart, and we were there for years and years and years. <laughs> and, uh, well, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. We're not going to be in it for two years, okay, or longer. We're, our goal is to, to hang in Romans through next fall, but, but here's what's really on my heart for Romans. Sunday is important. We're going we're gonna to dive in, but there is so much in this book that we can't capture just in this half hour together and so what we're going to do is we're going to make available study guides so that in your groups or in your families or individually um, you can commit to reading through this book on your own and studying it and and seeking the Lord what would God have for you I was so encouraged this week someone came uh, to me and said I, I, I want some study materials to go deeper in, in the study of God's word and, and she says I want to study before I come to church because because I want I'm hungry to know God and know his word and I, that just encouraged my heart so much and what could God do if we were all that hungry for God's word, if we would seek it ourselves as, as to what God would have for us. Because, you know, it's, it's important that I preach, that others preach the word, but I think God's plan is for all of us to, to have the word of God, to hear the Holy Spirit, to allow him to teach us as we go through this together, but as, as individuals in your groups to discuss it, to, to seek. And I know in my life that's where I've grown the most is, as, as I'm with other believers and I'm reading it myself and I'm hungering it for myself. And I long for that for Rimrock, that, that we would be known as a church who, who loves God's word and, is, and the spirit of God is transforming us and so I would just invite you as we go through Romans, don't just be satisfied with Sunday mornings. May this be a wonderful, rich, beautiful time where the Spirit of God is stirring, but may it be a spark to deeper understanding of God's will and his word. You guys, would you guys uh, 
Want to join me in that? <laughs> Willing to go into it a little deeper? Amen. Let's do it. So as we go into Romans, there's going to be study guides. They're going to be um, also available online. So you're going to be able to go and each, the preacher is going to write a little paragraph and there's some questions and things to look at verse by verse. So looking at the entire book. But there's two questions that I have as we dive in. What is the gospel and how is it good news for me? So think about that. What is the gospel? And I've titled this whole series, The Good News of Jesus Christ. And how is it good news for me? A few weeks ago on staff, we, we asked that question. When, when did the gospel become good news to you? And boy, we, we talked for over an hour as, as, as different people shared the moment where it just wasn't news. It just wasn't information that Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection was for me. And it met me and it meets me in the deepest needs of my heart and my life. And so as we ask that question, as we ask those questions, as we dive into Romans, we're going to get to the very heart of what this book is about. It's about the gospel. It's about the good news of Jesus. And, how, and what does that mean for our lives? This morning we're going to be in chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 15. And before we read that, I want to just pause and pray. Oh, Spirit of God. We come to you this morning, and like that dear sister said to me this week, Lord, we hunger for you because we know that we do not live on bread alone, but we live on every word that comes from you. You've revealed yourself through this amazing book of Romans. So God, I pray that our hearts would be stirred, our eyes opened, our spirits awakened to what you would want to see have us see and know this morning in Jesus name amen would you stand with me as we read the first 15 verses of Romans so Paul a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures regarding his son who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God whom I serve in my spirit is preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times and I pray that now at last by God's will the way may be open for me to come to you I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith I do not want you to be unaware brothers and sisters that I plan many times to come to you but I've been prevented from doing so until now in order that I might have a harvest among you just as I have among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. You may be seated. So 
I just want to make uh, one thing understood that as we dive into the introduction of Romans that that many of the letters that we have from Paul to the churches were written to churches that Paul had planted that Paul had started but but Romans is different Paul didn't start this church this church started from the very beginning in Jerusalem when pilgrims came to Jerusalem and remember Peter stood up after the resurrection and said this Jesus who was crucified he is risen and he is Lord and it says that the Spirit of God pierced hearts and thousands of people came to faith in Christ well in that crowd among thousands there was a group from Rome and that group from Rome went back with the message of Jesus and they began to share it and this group began what we know as the Church of Rome and so Paul is writing this letter because he wants to introduce himself he wants to introduce the gospel message to this group and he wants to form a partnership with them he wants to form a partnership because Paul is called by God to take the gospel to the furthest reaches where people have never heard the name of Jesus and so Paul has his eyes set on Spain Western Europe and he knows to get there he needs the Roman church and so he writes this letter saying this is the message I'm gonna preach will you join me in sharing this message not only in Rome but all the way into the ends of the earth in Spain so Paul writes this letter as a form of introduction now you guys have how many of you have gotten a missionary letter from someone have you gotten a, one of those letters from missionaries okay that's what Romans is this is a missionary letter <laughs> that we have from Paul one of the first missionaries to the church so this is a small group it's multi-ethnic they're probably meeting in homes and here they are and think about it Rome is the most powerful city in the Roman Empire it's the seat of power of wealth and these people are probably thinking man who are we what do we have and Paul wants to encourage them he wants to he wants them to know what they have in Jesus and so he writes this letter in verses 1 through 3 Paul begins the introduction by introducing himself but he starts out introducing what's going to be the theme throughout the entire book the gospel and that's why we've titled this series the good news of Jesus Christ because gospel literally means the good news in verses 2 through f verses 1 through 3 we see that that Paul has been set apart for this message of, of good news in verse 2 through 4 we see that Paul says this message is not new to him God had a plan and it was from the very very beginning see it says the gospel he promised beforehand you see this is good news that God has been unfolding revealing from the very beginning in fact if you go to Genesis the very first book and you go to the very first verses the very first chapter you will see interwoven in the story of creation and in the story of destruction from sin that there is good news because God says one day there will be a Savior there will be someone who will crush Satan and the curse will be ended so from the very very beginning God had a plan and his plan was to bring redemption and salvation and life to this world and Paul says God promised this before him but I want to make a really important observation from those first verses whose gospel is this whose good news is it it's not Paul's it's not ours it's not the churches it's God's do you see that 
set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel of God, all the way in the first verse. Whose plan, whose message, whose work? This is God's news. <laughs> this is God's good news. This doesn't belong to me, it doesn't belong to us, this belongs to God. Do you capture that? Do you see that? God initiated it. It's God's plan, it's God's initiative, and it's God who's going to accomplish it. You see, this isn't up to us. <laughs> this is God's work. And we need to understand that because that's the foundation of it all. This, this book is not about us, it's about God. And God loves us and he wants to redeem us. And so he gives us this incredible news to draw us to himself. And Paul kicks it right off and he says, this good news is rooted in this message that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus came as the word of God as we uh, before Easter went through the book of John, we saw that this amazing picture that Jesus is the word, that he is the son of God and that he is the one and the only one who could satisfy our sin and satisfy our need for redemption and forgiveness and love and salvation. And so we see that the message of the gospel, the good news at the very core in chapter one, all the way from the very beginning is this is God's good news and it's centered in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. Now here's where I really wanna dig in this morning with you in verses four through seven. Now. A lot of times when we read these letters from Paul, we kind of breeze through the introduction, right? Because we want to dive into the good stuff. <laughs> well, we can't do that because this introduction is so rich and so important. And if we miss it, we miss some very, very important things. That first point, it's God's gospel. The second point is Paul's identity and our identity. Identity is huge, huge. We don't think about it a lot, but but boy, identity matters in our lives. And so Paul, in one sentence, in verse four and, and five, and in and, and some of those other verses, Paul pretty much is able to write out his identity. In verse one, I'm sorry, in verse one, he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. So Paul understood who he was. And if you notice, Paul's identity is rooted in what? In Jesus. And so the question for us this morning is, is our identity rooted in Jesus? Paul thinks this is so important that he begins his whole letter by saying, this is who I am. I'm a servant of Jesus. I belong to Jesus. And then if you look through four, four, verses four through seven, what does Paul pray for them? He says, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. And so, Paul in verse six says, and you also are among the Gentiles who are called to what? Belong to who? Jesus Christ. Identity. Paul's identity, our identity. Now, I gotta say, as a young man, and I think many of us as young people struggled with this, and, and many of us maybe still struggle with this. Who are we? Where do we fit? Where do we belong? And I gotta tell you, and you're gonna hear me say this over and over and over again, we have a problem because our culture has a message. And the culture's message is radically different from the message that God has given us. The culture's message says we find identity by looking within, we look in ourselves. And our kids are 
are marinating in the soup of that message in our culture. Every movie, every show, every inspirational message that our culture produces says what? Look within, find yourself, be who you are. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? That is a lie from Satan. And that message is destroying us and it's destroying our people. Why is there so much depression? Why is there so much chaos and violence and uneasiness in our culture? Well, I think it's directly related to that message. Because if we believe what the Bible says, that the heart of the human being is deceptively wicked and, and, and is only full of sin, if I look within myself, what am I going to find? Destruction, emptiness, hopelessness. Because the answer isn't in here. <laughs> I, I don't have what it takes to find myself. Because when I look within, there's only shifting desires, shifting things that that there's nothing to root my life in. And I, and I know that from experience because I've tried. And I think if we're honest, a lot of us have tried. I've tried to find my identity in lots of things from within, but it's left me empty and void and desperate. That's been my life experience. And I think many of us, if we're honest, we have found that as well, is, is when we look within, we don't find an identity. We only find hopelessness. No I say no to the message of the culture because the Bible has a radically different message. The Bible says that our identity is not from within ourselves, but it is given to us. We just sang that this morning in, this, in that song that death was arrested. What He has given us a name. We sang that this morning. That is the significance of what the Bible is saying is that our identity is not from within. No, it is given to us. That, that it is God, our creator, our maker, the one who designed us and made us. That He alone knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we need. He knows our deepest longings and our wants. And he wants to satisfy us and make us alive. And so he alone can give us identity. Isn't it interesting when we have our kids that we get to name them? It was so special. I remember when my three boys were born, that moment where my heart was just like torn open. I realized I can love these kids like I've loved no one else. And, and I gave them a name. You see, there's something significant about transferring an identity, a name, to our children. Well, when we are baptized, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, our name is given to us. Our identity is given to us. That is significant. That is so important. That is what the message of the Bible is. Look in verse five. This is one of the most significant verses in the, in the whole book of Romans. There's so much packed in verse five. But I want you to notice three things. What does it mean to find our identity in God? Paul says three things in verse five. He says, through him we receive grace. For, for him, so in verse five it says we call others and so because we are given the name, because we find our identity in God, we are given a purpose. So through him, for him, verse five, in him, for his name's sake. Do you see that? Verse five is significant. Three things, we find our identity in God. Through him, for him, and in him. Do you catch that? Life is not about us. 
<laughs> Jesus said this over and over, if you wanna find your life, you must lose your life. See, the more we grasp at ourselves and try to live self-centered lives, the more we lose, but the more we let go of ourselves and the more we recognize who God is, the more we find life and we find identity. So through him, we receive grace. We need grace. We don't have what it takes to please God or to live life the way it meant to be lived. We will fail every time. I have failed every time. I need God's grace. You need God's grace. Our world needs grace. Through him, we call others. And so we need a purpose. It's not just getting up and going to work every day and just doing our daily routine. No, there's a greater purpose. There's a greater plan that Paul says from the very beginning God was unfolding and that Paul finds his identity in and we too can find our identity. We can be teachers and doctors and, and, and mechanics and plumbers, but there's a greater purpose. There's a greater calling that God has. And so for him, we are called to live for God. And in him, we find glory for his name. And so we don't live for ourselves, we live for him. And when we do that, we find joy. <laughs> Selfishness is empty. But when we live for God, we find fulfillment and we find joy. The most joyful people I've ever met in my life are people who are sold out completely living for God's glory. It's beautiful. I'm drawn to it like, a, like an insect to a light. I'm just drawn to it. I'm like, wow, why are you so happy? Why, why are you so full? Well, well, they're not living for themselves. They're living for God. Through him, for him, in him. Our identity is given to us by God. God. And that's why Paul can say, a servant of Jesus Christ. So Paul, his identity is in Jesus. My identity is in Jesus. I've tried other things, and they've been empty and changing. But in Jesus, I have security, I have meaning, I have hope, I have everything I need. I've staked my life on it. In verse 6 through 7, Paul calls us to be the people that God has called us to be, to belong to Jesus. We sang this morning, I belong to him. <laughs> Can you say that this morning? You do belong to him. I remember as a boy, I would uh, visit my grandmother who lived in Haxton, Colorado, about six hours straight south of here, <laughs> a little town next to, close to Sterling, Colorado. And, uh, and, one summer, you know, there, there wasn't a lot to do. She didn't have TV or anything like that. So we would spend a lot of time, but she had a bookshelf of books. And so one summer I grabbed a book. The title intrigued me. It was called Run, Baby, Run. So I started reading this book and um, God really used this book because it was a true story of a man named Nicky Cruz. You've maybe heard of that man, but it was kind of a radical book because this guy, his life looked very different from mine. <laughs> He was a Puerto Rican who grew up in New York City and he was a gang member, a really ruthless gang member. And I remember reading this book just struck like, by the darkness and destruction of this guy's life. I mean, his life was horrible. His parents abused him as a kid. He, it was survival, it was brutal, it was violent, it was ugly. His life was just so different from mine in a lot of ways. But I resonated deeply with him because I was trying to figure out who I was and the story of Nicky Cruz was figuring out where he belonged, who he was. 
And then one day, there was a man named David Wilkerson, who was a preacher, showed up in the streets of New York City. And the way Nikki said is, what's this skinny white guy doing <laughs> walking the streets? And, and, and this guy was fearless. David Wilkerson was fearless. And he would go right up to these gang members and say, you know what you need? You need Jesus. And he would share the love of Christ. And there's this amazing quote in the book where, where Nikki Cruz says, I'm going to kill you because he was Mr. Tough Guy and he was used to killing people. And he says, I'm, I'm going to kill you to the preacher. And you know, what, you know what David's response to him was? He said, you could cut me to a thousand pieces and lay me out all over the sidewalk. And he said, every piece of me would still love you. Wow. God used that because Nikki had never experienced love before. I mean, his life was all about the self, survival, fighting for myself, being tough. And here's this guy living a totally selfless life saying, you can cut me up, but I'm still gonna love you. And so that, he said, why, why was this guy like this? Why was he saying this? And David Wilkerson would just say over and over, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who will save you. And Nicky Cruz surrendered his life to Jesus. And you know what's amazing? His life completely changed. <laughs> Instead of fear and violence and hatred, he experienced forgiveness, he experienced love. And I, I just went on a, a, a website where Nicky Cruz, and, and he said probably over 45 million people have been impacted by the gospel because of Nicky Cruz's life. He started a ministry called Teen Challenge. Have you guys ever heard of Teen Challenge? How many men and women have heard the message of Jesus because of that ministry? Well, it all started with identity. Nicky Cruz realized that he was trying to find his identity in the gang and his toughness and who he was, but he came to a point where he had to fall on his knees and surrender and say, you know what? I don't have life within me. I need Jesus and I need God to give me an identity. And it changed everything. Instead of his life being destruction, it turned into blessing. And I remember reading this as a kid, young kid, saying, man, I want an identity in Jesus too. I, I wasn't a gang member. I didn't do all that stuff, but boy, there was brokenness in me. I was chasing all kinds of things. I was chasing sports. I was trying to find my identity in different things, in the color of my skin or the language, and, and all those things were changing. They weren't lasting. No, it was only when I surrendered to Jesus like Nikki Cruz that I experienced life and joy and my life changed because of Jesus as well. And you know what? All of us must come to that point of saying, where do we belong? Who are we? And I want to offer what Romans offers us this morning. It's only in Jesus Christ that we can truly find who we are. Paul tells us he writes this letter because he wants to encourage, he wants to come visit, and he says it in verses 14 through 15 that this gospel is for all people. This morning we're going to take communion, and so the question is, why, why are we going through this book of Romans? Well, here's my heart behind this. I want, I want to encourage you. I want to see us understand here at Rimrock that we belong to Jesus, that, that we need this gospel, this good news of Jesus. Uh, over the last week, we're, we've been moving into a new house, and, and I'm learning how to tile, and, and, 
and I, I totally failed because I set a tile in and it didn't stick. And so after a few days, I went to tap on it and it was like hollow. I poked at it and it popped right out. <laughs> and so I had to redo it. Well, partly why Paul wrote the book of Romans is he said, I w- in the very end of the book, he says, I want you to be established in the gospel. And so like that piece of tile, instead of being just kind of loosely fitted in, it needs to be so deeply set into that mortar that it won't move no matter what. Well, that's what I think God wants to do in our lives as we go through the book of Romans. He wants us to be so rooted in Jesus and the good news of Jesus that that nothing will shake us, nothing will move us, that we are so rooted and established in Jesus that, that, that we know who we are. We know who we belong to. And that's my prayer. And that's why we're gonna take communion this morning. So I'm gonna invite the servers to come as I serve this, the worship team to come on up as we close the service. And, and this morning we're going to, actually we don't have servers. Why am I inviting servers? I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna come and take it. So we're, there's stations. There's one, two, three, four stations, okay? So we're gonna take time. Is there another one over there? Five stations, okay. So we're gonna take time as the worship team comes up. We're gonna take time to come up and take it. And I want you to go ahead and take it. Don't, don't just wait for because this this is how we're going to end but here's what I want you to think about when you take communion this morning Jesus when he had this last supper he said the bread and the cup were a sign of the new covenant and and what does the cup represent it represents blood there's no deeper identity than blood that's that's what we pass on from one generation to the next and so when we're taking the supper we're we're saying we belong to Jesus. It's his blood that we're drinking because we're remembering who we belong to. We're remembering whose name we hold on to this morning. And so I want you as you come and as you take, go ahead and drink and eat there as you come up. I want you to be remembering what Jesus has provided for us, a new identity.